So I had to renew my passport. But I had this fear or I decided that out here with the embassy, if I sent them my passport, they're going to keep it. And I didn't want that. So I decided to tell them that I lost it so that then I could just get the new one and blah, blah, blah. Well, come to find out, they're like, you know, no, you need to send in your passport. Hey, sorry to interrupt. Matt LeBlanc here. You are listening to my friend Raina Amaya, an American who was recently quarantined in London. So Raina was trying to get a passport renewed, and she lied and told the British embassy that she had lost her old passport. But when they pushed the issue, she decided to just send it in. Here's Raina. So then they tell me, well, you said it was lost. Then you sent it in to us. So now you have to come in for like (laughs) an actual appointment because who are you and what is happening? So then in my delusion, because I'm just thinking I'm like the only American that is out here. So, you know, I should be catered to. I'm in the UK. And so I just wrote them an email being like, hey, look, it's COVID. No one's going anywhere. This is super dangerous. Why don't we do this? Just go ahead, give me the new passport, send it on over to me, and we'll just we'll forget about the in-person thing and the whatever. Delusional, because I felt like I'm special. I don't even know the process of like creating a new passport, but I'm telling them, I'm like, guys, it's a simple thing. All you have to do is take the old one. I sent you the photos. Just make a new one and just mail it to me. Here's my address. Let me know when it's coming. I literally ended the email with let me know when I should expect to receive my passport. Wow. What is going on with you? I mean, (laughs) they tell you something that you don't like and then you just assume the role of the boss. (laughs) Yeah, I but that's how far my delusion has gone where I was like, no, 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 no. An in-person appointment. That doesn't sound right. Just give me the passport. And of course, they responded like, yeah, no, if we've told you you need an in-person appointment, then you, you have to come in. So we're going to just... How embarrassing to need to be told twice. Three um, times, because I, real... I did another rebuttal email saying, guys, oh, I don't know. I mean, it's delusional. But I believed it. I be- I believed it was going to help. And they were going to be like, oh my God, is this Reina? We're so sorry. We will get you this passport. Whoa, our bad. Your necessary delusion. Your necessary delusion. Why do you keep lying to yourself? Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here with me, Earth Monster. I am your host, Matt LeBlanc. So, obviously, my favorite food is sandwiches. And this is Your Necessary Delusion, the storytelling show that celebrates vulnerability and speaks to the darkest, messiest little parts of your heart about the lies that we tell ourselves every day, the stories that we use to get out of bed, the fantasies that we let propel our lives. And if we're talking to you, then please subscribe to the podcast. Write us a review anywhere that you're listening, specifically Apple iTunes would be great. So I'm very excited for our guest today, Raina Amaya, who you just met in her very transparent opening. Raina is, in my opinion, a creative superhero. She is a comedian and writer and, at least in my mind, our delusional guru of manifestation. She would never say that. I'm saying that. She would never say that. But do not confuse her transparency for arrogance. Her ego is no bigger than yours, Earth Monster. She's just willing to talk about it. So who better to hash out this framework of a necessary delusion with? Here's Raina. Necessary delusions are a part of our survival as humans and as a species. Even just like something as simple as walking somewhere. How dare us assume we're going to get there? You know, like just because it's... (laughs) Right? How dare us? But we do. 
You don't know what's going to happen. What no. do you know about this street? You only know what happened last time. Exactly. Then. <laughs> I was actually thinking about how necessary delusion and hope are sometimes related. Now, that makes it seem oh, like yeah. it's positive, but it can also yeah. be negative. The hope that you're not being scammed. It is hope. By yourself? Well, no. I mean, by like a scammer. Oh. I was just thinking about it, it takes hope in whatever scam you're being presented with. Hope that maybe this is the real thing. That is a delusion right. of a very dangerous hope, actually. And delusion that, oh, maybe I am just going to get $100,000 because this guy's like, I pick you. I just have to buy all these gift cards. But I I feel like this is something, you know. But then, like, I think on, on more like a personal level, this is going to sound really bad but because it lives in the ego. Mm -hmm. But like I told you, I started jogging. And sure. there was a part of me that in order to encourage myself to jog, I needed to feel like I was better than other people. Like I'm out here jogging, oh. I'm out here working out, look at me doing the thing. And sometimes it does propel me to that next like level where I'm just like, well, look at that walker. Like I'm out here jogging. I'm really doing this thing to try to make me feel better. That is a necessary delusion that I could use. Well, but it's rooted in ego. Like you're not better. You're struggling through your jog. Like let's be honest about what's actually happening. But <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a delusion. No, for sure. But they're all delusions, right? They are. But I mean, if it if it keeps me going, then I guess it's working. You know, I was just going to say just the feeling better than other people. I think that is a necessary delusion for so many people. It's like the keeping up with the Joneses, right? Yes. But I guess that's what a lot of us feel. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we're entering a new era of celebrating all these little wins just to feel like we've accomplished things. So I also have that sort of delusion where, you know, I will be like, you sent an email. Yes. Accomplished. And it's like, that's not anything. That was one yes. email. Like you spent all day doing one email. <laughs> so prepping for this call, like the link thing that you sent me, there's all of these how to record a great session and kind of like check in things. And and so the delusion that I even had before coming on this call where I was like, okay, I'm totally going to do the things. It says start prepping 10 minutes before. Okay, I'm going to get into the zone. I have to be mindful. That was step two is to be mindful. Plug in and power. I, they I said that? I, I don't even know where my charger is. Yeah, but right. I literally scrambled to get on the call the time of. So the 10 minutes... Oh, sure. And you know what? D a delusion of time also. I believe I have enough yeah. time to do all these things. And I believe that I'm planning my time. But it's a complete delusion because yeah. I'm like, I'm texting, I'm scrolling, I'm looking at something. Somebody calls. I'm, I was on the phone with my dad. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I have like two minutes. and I have to be on this other call. It's like... What happened to this morning's idea of like, I'm going to do my 10 minutes, I'm going to have my coffee, I might even do a little intention. There was no intention to even be on this call on time. Like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, but what is that? It's like this delusion that we can have everything that we want. Yeah. We're like, no, but in my head, I've got 25 things to do. I got time for five, but I am always allowed to do everything I want to do. Yeah, right. Exactly. And we're like fighting for this control because so much control has been taken away from us, which control. Another illusion. Right. I mean, totally. My friend and I, when we were about 
19, I want to say, we were in Los Angeles and we decided to go to this club. And so we just dressed up. And first of all, someone suggested this specific club to us because we thought it was an 18 and overs club, which was actually down the street. So we just show up to the wrong place. We give them our IDs and we just stand there. And the guy's looking at us like, are you serious? (laughs) And we don't even know. We're just like, yeah, whatever. But he let us in. Now, there's obviously, you know, pretty girl stuff or whatever. But more so to the point, what's interesting is that we weren't actually trying to beat the system. We were just at the wrong place. But that specific incident, actually, the reason I'm tying this in, I think that is what taught me some of the power of delusion, because that's actually how now, many years later, (laughs) I am trying to get my passport out of the the rules that you're supposed to get it like and tr- and pushing things or seeing a door that's closed and going no 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 but that's not closed for me I'd like to go through that door hope and faith time and one of the themes that I'm hearing is privilege all of these things can fall under your necessary delusion signs from the universe delusion manifestation, delusion, exaggerating the truth and then repeating your story over and over and over again. That is your necessary delusion. Your necessary delusion is your bullshit and your anxiety. It is your expectations and your fantasies. And it is super powerful. It occupies your mind and it drives your behavior. I'm talking to myself, by the way. And for the most part, it is incredibly biased and selfish. Your necessary delusion is a giant, unconscious glacier called ego, living quietly under the water. And we don't like to look at it. But then there's this little tip of the iceberg that peeks out at the top. And that tip is called your best intentions. That is the part of the glacier where you lay on your belly and you cut out pictures to glue onto your vision board. That was act one, guys. Coming up in act two, Reyna will tell us about a delusion that made her change her life. She stopped her career, she packed her bags and changed cities, and she gambled it all on an idea that lived in her head. Stay tuned. 143 means I love you. Have you heard of that code? 143, I love you. If you already have love for the show and you want to support us, show us some love on Venmo. Send $1.43 to at your necessary delusion on Venmo. Necessary is N-E-C-E-S-S-A-R-Y, Earth Monster. I see you. Send us a buck forty-three to show your love, or send us $143 if you really love us. That would that would actually help a lot. Thanks, guys. We are back. Act two. Isn't Raina great, by the way? Or does she sound like a selfish, biased earth monster because she's being so transparent about her ego? Spoiler alert, she's both. <laughs> Sincerely, Raina is someone that I look up to for the confidence and the intention that she applies to her necessary delusion. She makes bold moves, and this was one of them. It is a necessary delusion that is not for the wary heart, one that most people would not have the guts to follow. To quit a career that she knows, a career that she fought for, that was working for her, to try something new. But will that career let her leave? You were like a happening comedian in Los Angeles. And after like five, six years, I think, you just didn't like it. No. 
you didn't like the culture around what you were doing. You, it didn't feel good. You were thriving. Yes. You were getting work. People were booking you. People love to work with you. And you just kind of said, nope, I'm just going to put this down. Yeah. And you moved back to the Bay Area. Right. And when you were on your way back, you said, I'm going to get my voiceover career going. Might still be able to do some acting up here. We're going to see. I'm going to see what opportunities are around. But the big push was I'm going to make my living with this voiceover career. Right. And I want to do it from home. Yes. I don't want to have a boss. This is what I'm choosing. And there might have even been I want to live abroad mixed in there. Was it at the time? The or no? flexibility and possibility. Yes. So I moved back to the Bay Area. And I mean, a lot of different things happened. I mean, I did stay in comedy for a while in the Bay. And mostly because it's really hard to get out of comedy. It became like trying to get out of the mafia. It's like, well, you signed up for this. You can't just say, no, thanks, guys. I'm actually not going to make the next meetings. I'm just going to just going to bail. You can't do that. It can be so difficult for people to get accepted by comedians because comedians have this sort of like pride and this badge of honor of I'm the certain type of person. Right. You're a stand up comedian who is, at least from my perspective, totally accepted by the whole stand up community. Yeah which can be very male dominated, yeah. can have a certain kind of energy. But I feel like you were sort of like ushered in, in a lot of ways by a lot of people. Yeah. You impressed a lot of people, Thank right? You. And you're one of those people where all the comedians were like, you're a comedian. You're like, yeah, but I think I'm more. I don't know. I'm good, actually. <laughs> I'm still I'm still partially human. So <laughs> I don't know if people know, like comedians, it's like for them, there's two people in the world. There's comedians. And then there's mm -hmm. civilians, you know, so it's it's kind of like that soldier sort of existence. You've either served or you haven't. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting community. It has, I mean, I loved it when I was in it. Oh. People don't talk a lot about falling out of love with uh, their career. And I felt really weird. I mean, just the same as you do like in a relationship where you're just like, you know, this thing is feeding me, it's taking care of me, but like, I just don't love it anymore. And what's wrong with me? I would get off stage and just be like... Blech, I don't feel it. I don't feel anything. Even after a great show, you're just like, yeah, yeah. could have had a Snickers. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I didn't need to do all that. Why am I wearing heels? What, what, what is this? So that's one part is falling out of love mm -hmm. with, with your art. And so when that happens as an artist, you know, it's not like, well, maybe I should start working for the government. No, you're like, well, what, what, what does still fuel me? What does still make me want to get up and do things? And voiceover was that thing. So I was like, okay, I got to push this in this direction. And I think the reason that the delusion is necessary is because without that, you're sort of left with reality. And when you're not trying to live in your reality, and I don't mean like escaping with like video games and things. I mean, like you look around and you say, okay, here's my life right now, but this is not where I'm going. So where am I going to get to that place that you're going you have to have delusion. You have to believe something yes. different. You have to dream. Early 30s, everything's working. And you just say, nope, not making me happy. <laughs> so you move back to the East Bay. You move in with your family. Yes, with my grandmother. You, yep. You moved in with your grandma. Yeah. You saved some money yep. and you like buckled down on this voiceover thing. Anybody from the outside would have been like, 
I, I don't know. What is this undiagnosed depression? Like what, what's happening with Raina? She's hanging it all up. Uh, she had the world at her fingertips and she's got this, what, what is voiceover even? <laughs> Why was it necessary for you to believe that you could move home with family, make a totally independent career that you really didn't have any stake in? Why did I feel like it was necessary? Why was that necessary? Why like was you, it? You did need to leave, right? Yeah. You weren't going to stay in LA. No, I wasn't going to stay. Well, I think there was also a part of me where like, I could see this road towards when you're doing shows, you just get more shows. And then after that, you get yeah. more shows and it, it's, it's just going, it's going, it's going. And I was like, I'm not ever going to be able, I'm going to get to a point where I can't stop it. I'm going to get to. A... I don't think it works that way for everyone, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my delusion. That just does... Right. Absolutely. You thought that you were having the common experience. Many people do shows. They do a show and they're never offered another show. You got so many shows, you were worried that you weren't going to be able to stop it. <laughs> Mind blown. I'm realizing I already don't want to do this anymore. And my delusion is I'm just going to become way too successful, way too quick. <laughs> I got to get out of here. <laughs> What? <laughs> Let me ask you this. This is great, actually. What did you imagine that that success was going to look like? And what about it were you running from? I, I was scared that it was going to look like not being able to go to the store. I was scared it was, I mean, like, here's my thing. In LA, and this is also true, you get wrapped up in this, like, we're becoming famous. We're all becoming famous. Are you ready? Fame's coming, right? And you're, like, striving. Yeah. <laughs> And then I realized I actually don't want that at all. And maybe this is what you mean by people would say, oh, I'm a comic, you know, and you're a comic right now. Yeah, I am, but I'm also like a human. I am an artist. I like doing the art. I like doing the art. I like the process of the art. But I don't, I don't want all that other stuff that comes with the things. So fame actually became something that was scary. And let's be real. It's not like I was like on a whole bunch of successful shows and was just like, oh my God, I got invited to the Oscars. I got to bail. Like, no. Yeah, you weren't that close. No, I wasn't <laughs> that close. But I just, it was more about this is an art form that is going to take you in this direction if you so choose to continue on this path and people so choose to continue to think you're good at it. After the break, will Raina make her necessary delusion of being a self-sustained, successful voiceover artist happen, or will she end up an unemployable 30-something ex-comedian living forever with her grandmother? Not that there's anything wrong with that. Stay tuned! If you are a small business owner, podcaster, or maybe you just have such a big personality that it needs its own theme song. Your necessary delusion Hit up my guy Ryan Fine. That's F-I-N-E. Go to ryanfine.com, click on custom songs. All of the music that you hear on these episodes has been made by Ryan. He will take your rough ideas and transform them into actual music. Ryanfine.com, click on custom songs. I mean, it's even as simple as starting a fire, right? 
somewhere you have to be delusional enough to think that you can start this fire or else why are you trying? Yeah. And it could be windy, it could be rainy, but somewhere you're like, no, I'm going to get this fire going. And that's, that is actually how it kind of felt moving from Los Angeles to Oakland. It was just like, it's raining, it's storming. She's starting a fire. What is she doing? Like, (laughs) how is she doing this? She doesn't have a lighter. Like, (laughs) So tell us what story were you telling yourself in your head when you first moved back to Oakland? Well, so the first thing... I think when you love anything, right? And so comedy being the thing I love, when you love anything and you break up with it, you hate it. It's so stupid. I hate it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So there, I had to go through that part because really it's too painful to think of just not liking it or loving it anymore. You know, so first it's dumb. And so the voiceover had been something that I was doing even before comedy and it stayed consistent. I was like, okay, this is the marriage I'm looking for. I'm looking for do the art still be great, super high standard, just like stand up, high standard, have to be good. But but don't look at my face. But don't look at my face. <laughs> Get out my face. <laughs> you don't need to know me. Raina, there's something contrary about you, I feel like. You need to know that you're the one driving. I think. Oh yeah, I'm an only child. It's like I'm doing the things. Because you are such a social person. Yeah. You're a ridiculously social person. Yeah. You you and I have, have hung out for like 12 hours at a time and just talked. Yes. Right? Yeah. That is in your personality. Absolutely. But for work, even though you enjoy it and it's your art and all of these things, I think that there's maybe something about it where it's like you don't like that there's an obligation there or something. Is that it? I think I got a bit burnt out on the socializing being attached to your work so much absolutely yes with with i feel that stand up with acting with being in la you have to be on all the time all of the time and you have to be in a good mood and you have let's be real you have to be in a good mood when you're working anyways i mean like that's annoying enough but you have to be on because you're constantly auditioning So anytime someone calls you in and yeah, we'd like to talk to you. And what are your ideas? You have to be entertaining and you have to dress well. And did she look okay? And all of this stuff. And I, I did that, liked it. And then I just started getting older and being like, like you said, I can come and talk to you for 12 hours because we're not trying to get anything out of each other. Right. I just want to. Except except the truth. Yes. Except the truth. Or I'm delusional and you are always trying to get ideas and different things out yeah. of me. Yeah. I wanted my socializing just to be like more relaxed and less on. So you built a recording studio yeah. in your grandma's house. Yeah. And in the meantime, you find like what I can only assume is the one company that is making entertainment stuff in the Bay Area. You find this group of people that are doing a web series. Right. Yeah. They actually have a pretty good budget, I feel yeah. like, because it was worked into some like nonprofit kind of like showing the bay and kind of like talking about the culture yes. and the area and all this stuff, right? You're the lead in this web <laughs> series. How many episodes did you do the first season? First season had eight episodes. Yeah, I think second season had eight episodes also. Or did have nine. So eight yeah, epi- but I think eight. It was a paying job. Yeah. It was like a pretty substantial job. And not only that, but like an awesome group of people to get involved with. I feel like a lot of kindred spirits in there. Yeah. 
And uh, you got brought back for season two, not only as a performer, but as a writer. As a writer, yes. And the second season, this is the show is called The North Pole. And the second season, executive produced by Rosario Dawson. And I got to like act with her and stand in the room with her and try not to be creepy and smell her hair. It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) The next thing I know, you're back in LA for a screening at the biggest agency, (laughs) right? Rosario Dawson's there. There's like food at this premiere. Yeah. And like not like cheese. Like there was like real I ate dinner there. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. But I only say all of this because you just carved your own path. Yeah. You went against reality, I feel like, in a lot of ways. Yeah. This is a part of necessary delusion being a certain survival mechanism. You know, a true leap of faith of certain things that, you know, other people can't see. And maybe you can't even see. She was back in front of the camera, at least for the time being. But the North Pole opened a lot of new opportunities for her. Opportunities in writing. She started writing other projects for the same company, pitching her own shows. And in the meantime, she started booking voiceover jobs all over town. I got the voiceover going and I established myself with some major companies. You found that actually the Bay Area was a great place to be doing voiceover, right? Because there are all these companies Tech, baby. (laughs) They're not entertainment companies. The dream doesn't always look the way that we thought it was going to. Exactly. But you found it. Yeah. Silicon Valley was full of voiceover opportunities. And before long, she was making good money. But the delusion wasn't done. I remember talking to her during this time, and it was like she had unlocked something. There was this new ease to the way that she moved through her life. She had fully tapped into her necessary delusion, and it was manifesting all around her. After going to the south of France on a trip with my friend, I met my amazing boyfriend and was like, dude, now I'm taking the next necessary delusion and I'm just going to move to England because do people do that? I don't know, but I'm going to do that. Just when she had established herself back in Oakland and was thriving in her new career, she fell in love and moved to England. And I realized every time I've done these different like, I'm just going to go and do this. There are people who are just like, what? Because they can't even imagine for themselves that huge of a transition. I mean, to some people, moving from Los Angeles back to the Bay Area was huger than even moving to England. It was just like, what? Everything's happening for you. How are you doing this? But I think that there's something in really believing that you're going to go in a certain direction whatever that is. And not everybody has to believe that that's the direction you should be going in. It's just what you want and how you want to sort of formulate your life. And I look at like this move to voiceover that I did at the time. And like, I'm working now through this pandemic in a way that I wouldn't have been able to do had I stayed in some of the stuff in comedy. This was the right choice for me. I just knew that it was going to work out. I was like, well, look, I've got all this voiceover stuff under my belt. I've got the equipment. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's just going to happen. And I'm going to figure it out. And I, I feel like more people need to experience that kind of trust in, if you want to say the universe and the process, but also in themselves. When you prove to yourself, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm just, I'm going left. You're like, oh my God, what else can I do? Raina has been quarantined for the past year in a little town outside of London with her boyfriend. 
She got an agent. She works from home recording voiceover jobs from her studio that she built under the stairs. And even though she's in England, she continues to work for her companies back in the United States. And best of all, she has never been recognized at the grocery store. The North Pole is a comedy web series that discusses community, culture, and social justice. You can see Raina star alongside Rosario Dawson and a lot of other talented people in seasons one and two of The North Pole on YouTube or at their website, thenorthpoleshow.com. Do you want to play Expectation versus Reality? Oh my god, yes. We're going to play a game that Raina has come up with. The game is called Expectation versus Reality. So basically, in every life situation, we have expectations, and then we have reality. This could be in how you relate to yourself, how you relate to other people, different circumstances that come up in life. Expectation to be on time for this call, reality, almost missed it. <laughs> My understanding is that we're going to throw some topics at each other. I have some topics, right? So yeah. this age that you're at, mm -hmm. What was your expectation of this time in your life when you were younger and you thought about your, your 30s? What did you imagine that was going to look like versus the reality of it? Well, expectation would definitely be that I'd probably have at least one or two children by now and that I would be living in some grandiose house somewhere in the States, mm -hmm. I would have thought, when I was a child, and that I would look older than I do. <laughs> Oh, that was a fun surprise. Yeah. That's so funny. I can relate so much to everything that you just said, but the looks thing, I think you're totally right. I imagine myself as sort of this like adult. Yeah. And I feel like I sort of dress like a teenager sometimes. I feel like I look like a kid kind of. Delusion. Delusion. Yeah. I look like a kid. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I think we do. Absolutely. I think we do look a bit younger than expected. Yeah take care of ourselves so yeah. then the reality so then in the reality i'd say one i'm so glad i didn't decide to have any children before this moment right this second i still do want kids yep. but i didn't understand what your mid and later 30s even felt like and i am just like becoming myself not just becoming myself but becoming really like comfortable with it and being like yeah you got that that's good you need to work on that and that's fine too we didn't know that this was the prime. No. When I was a kid, I always thought my 20s were going to be my prime. And in some ways, they kind of are. You're like, you're young and you're going at it for the first time. But I'm such a better version of myself now in my 30s because I kind of made a bunch of mistakes in my 20s yeah. and I know better. Yeah. You know? And everybody's life path is different and whatever. Because I know people who, you know, got out of high school and found someone and are married and had kids and that worked for them. I just, Absolutely. I think that for me, I'm happy with having had some of the struggles and stuff in my 20s and growing and being stupid and being smart and all the different things. You know, sometimes I think about would I even sit down and want to talk to my 20 something year old self the answer is probably no well it's also kind of that thing where it's like what advice would you go back and give your 20 year old self and it's sort of like none because i know i wouldn't listen no <laughs> like that was the big problem at all i had to figure it all out for myself do you want to throw uh, an expectation versus reality at me okay well i feel like I mean, I was going to say, we talked a bit about career stuff with me. What would you say your expectation versus reality career-wise 
I was actually just talking about this last night. I think that a big thing that I've really learned, and we've already sort of touched on this, is you can get what you want, and it's still not going to look anything like the way you thought it was going to look. Exactly. Right? And I definitely feel that way about my career. When I was a kid, the dream was absolutely to move to Los Angeles and become an actor. And I thought I was going to be like, I don't know, when I was a little kid, probably like Tom Cruise or something. I don't even know who I thought I was. I just imagined I was going to be on set. I was going to be in the trailer. I imagined the whole dumb thing, honestly. And um, it's so funny to look back at all of that now and see kind of what perpetuated those delusions in those stories because it is so ego-driven and it's like disappointingly yeah. ego-driven and as an adult I've lived in LA for like 10-11 years now I've worked in every area of the entertainment industry I have yeah. worked in front of the camera I've worked behind the camera it did not look anything like I thought it was going to look certainly I'm not Tom Cruise or something like that but I did sort of achieve a lot of what I was looking to get. Delusion! I have to interrupt here. What a perfect example of a necessary delusion happening in real time. My career ambitions have landed a world away from where I was aiming. So was there some disappointment involved? Sure, but I roll with the punches. And I will stand by the answer that I give here, but I just had to give a little bit more transparency to say that I once dreamed of being a major dramatic actor in movies. So hopping back and forth as a video producer between digital entertainment and advertising and making a podcast with my phone, although I love it, not exactly the life that I was looking for. I feel like I'm waking up from this delusion that that the only way for me to achieve these giant sized dreams is to like turn myself into this success robot. Yeah. When in reality, I'm a human. I have known me since I was a kid and I'm still that same kid. Right. And maybe it's just a matter of adjusting a couple of essential habits. I have so much perspective on where I'm at. I'm not worried about finding some fancy job in my industry. Right. Because what I've learned through actually doing it is that a lot of times when I get the sort of like fancy job, it makes me really unhappy. Yeah. There's a lot of stress that comes with it. There's a lot of pressure. There's this weird social game that I think I've proven a couple times that I'm not great at, <laughs> um, you know? And so the necessary delusion now is to create this show with people like you and other friends that I can have enriching conversations with, which essentially is just to say that I want to get paid for my art. I want to do it independently. And yeah. I really don't want to have a boss. Mm -hmm. And I would like to have kids. And I would like to have time to raise those kids when I have them. You just made me think about, well, a lot of things. First of all, the social game and being bad at it. But also, even when you're good at it, it still feels bad. <laughs> like, it's still just sucky. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. But the other thing you made me think about was having kids. And I think that, you know, some delusions have to die. So when I was doing stand-up, I did have this delusion, which seems to be the circulating delusion that happens just with the modern woman right now that like we're superwoman and we can do all of the things and I can have my career and I can cook the dinners and do all the stuff and keep the house clean and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, no, I can't. 
And not that I, <laughs> not that I had all of those things to test me to see if I could, but I was like, okay. no, because once again, it can take me a day to write this email. Like I, I, I can't, <laughs> and I'm late for this podcast. Like you right. need to be able to have certain flexibility in order for you to live a more comfortable artistic lifestyle and have kids. I want to thank Raina so much for being here today, for her story and for all of her insight. Raina, please come back and join us soon. You can watch her in the North Pole on YouTube or at thenorthpoleshow.com. Do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. We have got new stories coming to you every Monday. You're definitely not going to want to miss next week for a story that I'm calling Dancing in Peanut Butter. We're in the middle of a farm. I have no, I don't even know where we are. I don't even know what the zip code is here. At that point, I was so in deep. I can't tell you where the delusion started and stopped. The whole thing was one delusion. Get that Christmas tree. I got to get out of here. Don't forget to write us a review wherever you're listening. Specifically on Apple iTunes would be great. That's the Purple Podcast app. Definitely rate us five stars. And if you have a necessary delusion of your own and you want to share it, please hit me up on Instagram at yesmatthew or email us at yournecessarydelusion at gmail.com. Ryan Fine makes music. Go to ryanfine.com, click on custom songs, and send us a buck 43 on Venmo at your necessary delusion if you love us. Paola Monterde, the love of my life, thank you for listening to me talk about necessary delusions so often. We'll see you next time. You know what I used to hate about like any kind of office scenario? When you keep having to pass somebody and you have nothing to say, but you have to just, sometimes it's just a facial expression. You're just like, woo, it's like, woo, it's cold. You just, why do we have to? <laughs> it's cold. I've, I literally would pass someone so much. We would, we just go like, woo, like it was, it's so humanly weird.